most of the world's work is done by people who don't feel like getting out of the bed. Yet we still do, right? Rarely we're like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to stay in bed all day. You can't do that, right? So what if I do what I need to do despite how I feel? And that encourages me to put on my sneakers and go out for a walk. That encourages me to get to the gym. That encourages me to eat a piece of fruit when I don't feel like it. Like little micro actions are so powerful. And maybe one of the underlying themes of all this is action. And how do we figure out ways to take consistent action? Hey there, Adam. Super excited to be talking about our fun little tactical post today. Adam is a prolific writer and he wants to share with us something he's written about in the past. 10 questions that are sure to bring you the results you are seeking. And we have always contended, we still contend to this day at My Body Tutor. It has more to do with what's going on up here than anything else. And these questions are going to get right to the heart of the matter. Correct, Adam? I hope so. And I think so. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, bring us in. What's question number one? All right. First off, I love questions because questions help us with a new perspective. They give us a new perspective and new perspectives lead to breakthroughs, right? After all, a breakthrough is when you think about something in a different way. And that's the idea of some of these questions. So let's get to it. First question is, okay. how do I want to feel when my head hits the pillow tonight? I don't know. I feel like a lot of us probably don't even think about that. We just think about getting to the pillow. <laughs> That's a big question, but I have to tell you, I use this question all the time with my clients, all the time. I have seen total crap days pulled right out of the mud with this question, turned around, turned into a huge success simply because we take those eyes from, oh my gosh, this day is terrible and say, well, what could this day be? How could I feel when I go to bed at night? Yeah. You know, on the surface, it might seem like a silly question, but I think when you start with the end in sight, it helps you plan the way you want the day to go, right? It helps you plan your actions. And, you know, to me, I think it's a lot more fun to go to bed with a sense of pride and accomplishment versus a sense of, you know, guilt and uh, dissatisfaction. Absolutely. And I would bet it helps you have a better day the next day as well, right? Because you wake up, you're feeling good about how yesterday went. And you know what? I could do it again. I could do it again today if I wanted to. All I have to think about is how do I want to feel tonight? Yes, exactly. And, you know, I think starting with the day in reverse, starting with, you know, where you want to end up, I just think it makes it a lot easier to plan the necessary steps to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, question number two might bring into focus those necessary steps. What do you think? I think so. So the question is, I'd eat well or I'd eat nutritiously if only what? And the whole idea is if only what and the what is so powerful because that's going to bring to light, that's going to bring to surface any obstacles we might face. And when you yeah. think through any obstacles you might face, you can plan for those obstacles. And that's, that's the key here. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you think about it, let's, let's come up with an example here. Um, maybe, you know, we're going to have a really busy day. We've got 10 places we have to be. Oh, plus we have a job and we have kids and somewhere in there, we're going to have to cook dinner, right? 
So all of a sudden we realize we're short on time, but we can start finding pockets of time and places we can make sure we get a good healthy meal. And we're thinking about how we want to feel at the end of the night, right? So I can see how that question can really lead us to the more poignant plans in our day. Exactly. And it really, it's not a question of, you know, if there's going to be obstacles, there's going to be obstacles. So it's really just a matter of either we're going to plan for them or not. And, you know, the no plan plan doesn't usually end well. <laughs> no, definitely not. That's, that's really, uh, that's when we want to dust off and use only very occasionally. <laughs> yes. Yes. So what's question number three? Question number three is why do I let myself get so hungry? <clears throat> I would bet the response to that would be I'm too busy mm -hmm. or I don't have time. I'm afraid of eating. That happens, right? Once I start eating, then I usually don't stop eating. That comes up a lot. Um, I don't have anything healthy. What, what else do you hear? Why do I, people let themselves get so hungry? I think those are all, you know, most, if not all the things we hear, right? But the idea okay. is when we're hungry, it's so much harder to make good choices, right? It's so much easier to avoid the dragon than it is to slay it. And everything looks and sounds better when we're hungry. So mm -hmm. we want to avoid hunger at all, not at all costs, but we want to try to avoid hunger or at least getting to the point where we're irrational, right? We're ravenous. When you're ravenous, that's when the short-term irrational mind we all have gets a lot louder. Yeah. I think, I think the clarifying point there is why do I let myself get so hungry, right? It's like putting off um, an upset child. Yes. <laughs> right? Like we don't want him screaming and throwing things at us. Like we don't want ravenous. We want, okay, I hear you. I'm going to tend to you pretty soon, right? Because we do talk about like hunger is a natural sensation. We do need to be comfortable with it, but ravenous, not so much. Right. It reminds me of my favorite catch 22. In order to not eat, a dieter needs willpower. However, in order to have willpower, a dieter needs to eat, right? And I don't mm -hmm. love the word dieter, but I think you know what I mean. The idea is when you let yourself get hungry, it's really hard to have willpower. It's really hard to, you know, make good choices, et cetera. So the best offense is defense and preventing yourself from getting that to that point. Okay. So there again, we have to have our plans in place for the day, right? Make exactly. sure you're not leaving home without a snack in your purse or, you know, a packed lunch. Make sure you know what you're going to have for dinner at the end of a long day, right? Like we don't want to put ourselves in the mouth of the dragon. Exactly. The next question I find super helpful is why am I so stressed? So the idea of this is to get to the specific reason of why you're stressed to pinpoint it because it's very easy after a long day or during a long day to just say I'm so stressed. But when you actually mm -hmm. get specific about it and say I'm so stressed because of this or that, you realize your entire life isn't a big ball of stress. You realize usually it's one or two things. And then perhaps you can even figure out a way to take action on it. But it helps you compartmentalize a little bit and say, you know what? Life isn't so stressful. It's really just maybe one or two things. Yeah. You know, I just have to say, I use this a lot with my daughter. She's 12 and she'll come home someday. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm just so anxious. I'll say, okay, about what? Well, life. <laughs> I'll say, well, what are we going to do about that? 
(laughs) you know, but it's true. It is kind of a hiding spot to just say, well, I'm just so stressed about everything. Right. Because then we can avoid that action that you're talking about taking. So, yeah, pare down. And then guess what? If there's something you can do about it, let's take action. Like you said, I think it's the antithesis of stress. Right. Is to take some action on it. I really and sincerely believe action is a huge cure for stress. And, you know, the less action we take, the more time we have to ruminate and think about things. That's when the stress builds up. When you take action, usually the stress goes away. And to your point, you know, if my kids say they don't like something or something sucks or whatever it might be, the words they use, it's like, all right, fine. But why does it? And let's get specific. You know, an example I always think about is, you know, a client of mine, she didn't like going to the gym. She's like, I just don't like going to the gym. I was like, all right, let's get specific. And it turned out, you know, she didn't like going to the locker rooms in the gym. So I was like, all right, how do we figure, how do we change that part of going to the gym, right? It's usually one or two things. And if you figure it out, it's a lot easier to take action. Definitely. What's next? Is anything less than perfection a failure? Oh, man. This one. <laughs> Let's see. Um, for most people, they would say yes. Yes. Are you all in or are you out? Does one slip up ruin your day? Is mm. trying to be perfect actually helping you? I think these are really important questions to ask yourselves. Yes. I have a client that I um, am working with in particular this week. We have combated some very serious perfectionism. And one of the things was we're trying to make progress. He's doing a ton of traveling. We're trying to make progress towards his goal. We've achieved sustaining him through travel, which is amazing, right? Like, awesome. He's like, now this, this trip, I'm making progress. So I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to stick to it. So day one, we got there. He had this plan all lined out. And I was like, okay, what's success? He's like, well, following the plan perfectly. It's <laughs> like, nope. Nope. In fact, I would say you've already been successful because you came up with a plan, which is more than you ever did before. Now you're going to attempt the plan. And that is going to be your definition of success right? And each day we've tweaked and he's gotten closer and closer to a plan that he can follow through on. And perfectionism has played no part in this and he's feeling very confident and successful. It is far more effective to go 80 to 90% and stick with it than to try to attempt 100% and inevitably burn out, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always say chasing perfection is like chasing the wind. You know who are perfectionists, Haley? Hmm. Chronic dieters. Chronic dieters are perfectionists because the second they can't be perfect, in quotes, for those who can't see me, they give up. They recoil, they hide, they quit, and they're on to the next thing. It is really uncomfortable for perfectionists to stick with it while being less than perfect. But that is the work because rationally and logically, you know, being perfect for the rest of your life is obviously not sustainable, realistic, or even desirable. Right. So let's practice being less than perfect. Our most successful clients, and I promise you, you will get there if you stick with it, are comfortable sticking with it while being less than perfect. And that is a lot easier said than done for for many people. But again, if you stick with it, we'll get there. Absolutely. All right. What's next? Is this comfortable? And the reason why I like this question is, if you do what you've always done, it's going to feel comfortable. And you're going to keep getting the same result. 
Mm. And if you do something different, it's going to feel uncomfortable by nature and you'll get a different result. Right. So we do hear a lot of times we have people come into the program and like the first week they're like, this is great, super easy, not seeing much traction here. So what would you say to them? I would say let's turn up the discomfort dial. And if hmm. you feel like it's getting, if, if you feel like it's super easy that you're almost bored, then I would say we can turn up the dial a little bit. And that means maybe increasing your workouts a little bit. That might mean changing your food up a little bit more. Um, but, you know, I think if you really want to see results, you have to ask yourself, where is my discomfort today? Right. And something else to look for is frustration, right? That's another big indicator. And I remind my clients that all the time. If they're feeling frustrated about how some process is going or how their days are going, chances are it's because they're trying to implement something that isn't comfortable, right? And maybe they're running into roadblocks or just feeling frustrated because they're not executing it perfectly, right? So, so again, discomfort, frustration, those, those are signs that you're doing something new, which is going to lead to a changed outcome. Yes. So my youngest son loves music and he's been practicing the drums and we got him some lessons and, you know, it's really fun. The teacher really enjoys working with him and it's been fun to see his progress and he's trying a lot of new things. And guess what? Now he doesn't like doing the drums anymore. Why? Because he's doing a lot of new things and he's not good at it. And last time, you know, the teacher, me, the head guy, we were all talking like every drummer in the world who's really good went through these, you know, trials and tribulations. They went through these ups and downs. They went through these times where they don't feel like they know anything, right? Where it felt like practice. And that's so hard. And this is so important for me to make sure he sticks with it because this is the time when the skills happen, right? If, if it's always easy, then he's not learning. And really what I told him is if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough, right? If you don't feel frustrated, you're not trying hard enough and you're not learning. Definitely. Yeah, you man. Know, it's the same reason why people who play sports, like, you know, when they practice in the driveway and it's like, they're doing what they're really good at. They're just like doing layups or this and that when it comes, like, it's like, you need to be doing things that you're not good at that it feels very uncomfortable because that means you're developing new skills and you're doing things differently. Yes. 100%. Gotta love us some frustration. Yes. <laughs> frustration is good. It means we're headed in the right direction. It does. Um, good. Next question. Right, what's the next one? Why am I feeling so resistant? Hmm. You know, I have one client that we talk about this on a weekly basis and it's very evident when her days go sideways, it is just resistance to the nines, like every which way she turns, you know, meanwhile, we do have good conversations every week about how she wants to make progress, different things like this, but resistance is a tough one for a lot of us. So why are we feeling resistant? Well, first off, I think resistance is a form of self-sabotage. And it's very easy, or I should say, our brain or our mind is always going to try to do the easiest thing of all, which is nothing, right? It's always going to find a way to rationalize inaction. It's always going to find a way for us to do nothing and stay the same. It wants that homeostasis. 
right? So I think resistance is just natural. It's a natural part of change. It's a natural part of evolution. Like when you feel that, I think that's, A, you shouldn't be scared of it. You should be like, hey, you should call it out, right? As we, as you know, we like to say, hang a, a lantern on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jeremy. Like Jeremy Parrott. <laughs> you know, you want to hang a lantern on it and, and identify it and talk through it. When we talk about things, you know, as a company and I, I'm, I pride myself on trying to be self-aware, like, and I'll say like, I'm feeling resistance. It doesn't mean I don't want to do it, but I need help getting through it. And I'm hoping you guys can talk me through it. Right. And what I encourage you is if you're feeling any resistance, talk with your coach about it. Right. I think feeling, as I like to say, FDR, fear, discomfort, doubt, and resistance is a part of any normal journey. The difference is either you recoil and hide when you feel it or you talk about it and you work through it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, it's like, I don't know, like there's not going to be any going any further if you allow resistance to keep driving your actions, right? Like it, it's like a roadblock. And so if you don't work through it, you're just going to keep getting what you've always got. You're not going to grow. Um, you might travel in a different direction, but it's not a direction you want to go, actually. So when resistance comes up, yeah, you have to look at it. And getting support to work through it can be one of the best ways to do it. A lot of times we help our clients learn how to do that on their own as well, eventually. But like, if you've resisted something for so long, having an extra set of eyes and somebody to like work through it with is really, really powerful. But to be clear, when it comes up, if you want to get beyond it, you're going to have to work through it. There's no avoiding it, right? Otherwise, you're just kicking the can down the road, right? And, and as I like to say, if you don't confront it, you'll never conquer it. And there's no avoiding that, right? There's a lot of these things that, you know, for example, the perfectionism, which is a, a form of resistance, like you can't get away from that if, unless you understand and learn how to conquer your perfectionism. You, like you could, you could try something else and eventually that same thing is going to come up. Right. And mm -hmm. what we need to learn doesn't go away. It's just a lesson we have to learn. We might as well do it sooner than later. Definitely. So what's next? Next question is, am I hungry or am I eating, eating to change the way I feel? Am I hungry or am I eating to change the way I feel? Right. So a big part of what we focus on, as you know, is your relationship with food, the way you think and react to food, the way you use food. And I love this question because it really helps to get to the root of the issue. And, and that is, am I actually hungry for food or am I hungry for something else? Yeah, I find that this question above all, I think it's pretty easy to grasp once you start working with it, right? Like once you really start asking yourself, why am I eating this food? And you understand, you start to see the delineation between physical hunger and what you would deem emotional hunger. Um, it kind of puts you on the line, right? Like there's no escaping the truth of this question. And there's your work. There's your work. That's, that's just what it avails you to is, and this is now my task at hand. I'm eating the way to change or eating to change the way I feel. So what am I going to do about that? right? Because if I want these goals of health and fitness, I can't keep doing this. So then we have work to do. Exactly. And, you know, your relationship with food, how you think and react to food. I mean, to me, that is where health and fitness is, right? 
And it's a powerful question and, and it's the tip of the iceberg when it comes to it. But this is why I say so much of our fitness is what's going on between our ears, right? It's less about tactics and more about mindset, psychology and habits. Um, and this is a really powerful start to kind of go down that path. Yeah, definitely. What else do you have? All right. I love this question because, and it'll certainly help those perfectionists as well. And I am certainly a recovering perfectionist. So the question is, what's the least I can do without doing nothing? What's the mm -hmm. least I can do without doing nothing? And I love this question because it takes nothing off the table. And for a perfectionist, it is either doing 100% kind of this is what I committed to, this is what I want to do, this is what I think I should do, or nothing. And again, rationally and logically, we know that's ridiculous. We know that's silly. But when you're in that mindset, it's very hard to get out of that. And this question forces me and it forces others to take action because as we know, action is the way forward. Yes. So Adam, when you find yourself in a moment of perfectionism, do you apply this question? And if so, how? Absolutely. So a big area of progress for me is on weekends. So my weekends are jam-packed with the kids' activities, sports. I coach sports. I love it. It's great, but there's not much time for, for me. And I used to love my weekend workouts because I just would kind of go a little harder on the weekends. It was more fun. I don't have that time anymore. And every weekend, I'm like, oh, should I work out? I only have about 20, 25 minutes. Eh, I'll start maybe. I'll just skip it. I'll get back to it on Monday. And every weekend, it's like, nope, let's do a 20, 25-minute workout. Something is better than nothing. Let's, let's do it. And that question really inspires me, inspires me and pushes me to take action and say, you know what? A 20, 25-minute workout is absolutely better than nothing. That's awesome. So bringing you a lot of success, a lot more success than if you put it off till Monday. Yes. And for me, you know, and not to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but movement and exercise is a huge, um, you know, it's a critical ball for me, right? I feel like we're all juggling a lot of balls. And for me, when I make sure I get movement in, it enables me to juggle every other ball. And when my movement kind of drops and I try not to let it, no doubt every other ball kind of wants to drop as well. So exercise is no doubt a big part of uh, making sure everything else gets done. Awesome. How many more questions do you have for this us? This is number 10. Hey. Does your question count as a question? You just asked me how many <laughs> questions I have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. I'm last... losing count. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is also part of <laughs> in that uh, in that grouping. What if I do this despite how I feel? What if I do okay. this despite how I feel? Okay. Give so, us some context. Some context. If I only did things when I felt like it, I'd probably still be in fifth grade. <laughs> I know a couple of kids like that. Yes. So I think most of the world's work is done by people who don't feel like getting out of that bed in the morning, right? And like, mm -hmm. I absolutely live for what I do. This is my life's work. I know you feel the same, but there's times where I don't feel like getting out of the bed. And Again, most of the world's work is done by people who don't feel like getting out of the bed, yet we still do, right? Rarely we're like, ah, screw it, I'm just going to stay in bed all day. You can't do that, right? So what if I do what I need to do despite how I feel? And that encourages me to put on my sneakers and go out for a walk. That encourages me to get to the gym. That encourages me to eat a piece of fruit when I don't feel like it. Like little micro actions are so powerful. And maybe one of the underlying themes of all this is 
action and how do we figure out ways to take consistent action? Hmm. You know, I just want to share with you this little piece of inspiration. We have a longtime client that I've had the privilege of working with over the last several years, and she's navigated some really challenging health troubles over the last two years. And, you know, this is one of the themes that kept coming up. I was like, listen, despite how you're feeling, we have to continue to take those little baby steps, those micro actions, because you can't come to a complete standstill. And over the course of a couple of months, you know, really working with this theme, we gave her a new middle name, which sounds so cheesy now that I'm saying it out loud, but it's really cool because her new middle name is Defiance, right? Like we went from despite how she feels, we're defying how she feels, right? With these actions. And it has lived on over the last couple of years. And it's just the coolest thing because there's a real image that comes up when we defy how we feel, right? We're not defined by it. We're defying it. I love that. So, you know, I'm a big believer in having this alter ego, right? And this, like this person that you step into being, and it's something I'm working on. And it seems like a lot of very successful people that I admire have this alter ego, right? They might be this very, you know, quiet, shy, whatever this person. Then when they step on stage, they become this other person. It's this alter ego. And I think having this nickname or this middle name or this saying, or whatever it might be that helps you step into that person is super powerful. Yeah, it is pretty cool because all we have to do is say defiance and it's like, boom, yep. she's on. Yep. <laughs> so awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. All right. So that's 10 questions. I'll give you one more bonus question. Hey, look out. All right. And this question I think is just applicable to everyday life. The question is, why is this triggering me so much? And for some people, they don't get triggered, but I think I think that's part of human nature. I think there's certain things that if someone says it's going to trigger us, and I always like to ask myself, why is this triggering me so much? Why do, why do I care so much? And it really helps me just to take a step back, to think about what's going on, what's bothering me, what's the root of the issue, um, whether it's with a family member, a friend, something in life. Whatever it might be, why is this triggering me so much? With coaches, right? I have coaches I work with and it's like they'll say something like, I don't want to do this. Like, no. And like, I'm like, I feel triggered, but I know that's an opportunity for growth. And I've learned to turn towards discomfort versus turn away from it, right? And I feel like triggering, if you're triggered, there's it, that's great because there's something going on and I want to explore that versus recoil and hide from it. Yeah, it's an opportunity to work through something old and stuck, right? Like I feel like when we get triggered, we just relive some old experience and we give it permission to kind of drive us and run us. And, you know, we're not there anymore. We're trying to build something new, become something new, create and have something new. So why would we give permission to something like that? I love what you said. Step outside of it. Become an observer, right? Witness. Just step outside and witness what is actually going on here. Is that old situation happening now, right? Yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed all these questions. I think they're super powerful if you apply them. The right questions can change our life, truly. And the right questions force us to think about things differently. They change our perspective. And different perspectives lead to breakthroughs. And that is what we're all after. So I would encourage you to try these questions on. Talk about them with your coach. Uh Feel free to reach out to us. I always love to hear from you guys. I know Haley does too. And, uh, you know, keep asking yourself those questions. 
Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.